It's time to eat. Get in my belly. Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Evan Silva. Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is time for episode number two of the week of the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast, the show that's so nice. We do it twice every Wednesday. You get the great Evan Silva's breakdown of the Thursday night game and all of the Sunday 1 o'clock games. Then we splice it up a little bit for you to make it a little more easily digestible. And in part two, we've got the Sunday afternoon games, the 4 o'clock or later game, Sunday nighter, and the Monday nighter. We're presented by Podcast One. You get a 50% sign-up bonus Today, betonline.ag is actually who we're presented by. The code is podcast1 at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Evan, I think people know by now, but if they don't, your Twitter handle, at Evan Silva, is awesome. It's a wealth of information, just like you are here on the podcast, which is incredible if you're still waiting, and maybe you are also, Evan, for the phrase that pays for Madden, I will be giving you the second word, or I guess third word for, I don't know. You got to piece it all together, but I'll be giving you another word for the four-word phrase in a little bit. So make sure you keep your ears peeled. They always say eyes peeled. I don't know if you can keep your ears peeled, but at any rate, I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, bunch of different podcasts, bunch of different media gigs. Having a blast, trying to avoid a real job as long as I can. But I know some of you have real jobs. And I know a lot of you are like my buddies that didn't happen to make the Redskins as an undrafted rookie when you were 22 and make $209,000 and not have credit card debt. Most of my friends had credit card debt, student loan debt, all kinds of things. That's why Lightstream is awesome. Lightstream offers credit card consolidation loans from 5.89% APR with auto pay. Think about that. Think about what the interest rate is you're paying on your credit card debt if you have some. If you have it, get rid of it. You're a smart guy. Now you listen to this podcast, you know enough to know that if you can just make payments at 5.89% APR, it's a lot better than over 18% APR. The only way, though, you get a special discount on top of Lightstream's already low rates, the only way is to go to lightstream.com slash feast, L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M-M.com slash feast. And I didn't spell that that great. I might have included an extra letter in there. It's Lightstream. Do you really need me to spell Lightstream? The word light, then the word stream, and if I don't fumble as I'm saying it, I think you know there's only one A as opposed to like eh, 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 or whatever the heck that was that I just did. So help me out now because they're going to be mad at me that I didn't say it right. And go to lightstream.com slash feast. Don't help me out, actually. Help yourself out. If you have credit card debt, this is a no-brainer. Subject to credit approval, of course, rate includes 0.5% auto pay discount, terms and conditions apply, and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash feast for more information. All right, Evan, 
Let's do it. Part two. Part two. Raiders. Chargers. What do you got? Yeah, I like starting off with this one because I think that this one can be high scoring uh, as well. We left off on the, the Falcons-Steelers game in part one. And this can be the late afternoon version of that. This Raiders passing game has made strides every single week. And guess what? They are installing a new offense. And dudes are learning new positions. And they had to cut you know, their third receiver, and then they brought him back in the second game. And, you know, they've been moving uh, Jordy Nelson around. And, you know, they have kind of settled on Jared Cook as their passing game centerpiece. And, you know, they've kind of learned that don't play Doug Martin, play Marshawn Lynch, you know. And they've, they, they are learning things about their team. And I, I like the way that everything is kind of coming together and that there's been like an upward trajectory. And we just sh- saw them shred a Browns pass defense that had shut down Ben Roethlisberger and Drew Brees in the first month of the season. So that was impressive, man. And um, I like Derek Carr as a streamer this week. I really like it because I have a ton of him in best ball because no one wanted him. Um, But I think, and I think that uh, Amari Cooper, you look at the, the receivers that have hurt the chargers in particular, they're speed guys. Uh, Tyreek Hill, Brandon Cooks, and Amari Cooper ran 4-4-2 coming out of Alabama. And also, I looked, I was looked at, looking at uh, players' uh, separation numbers, wide receiver separation numbers on next-gen stats. Among players with 30 or more targets, Amari Cooper at 3.8 average separation yards at target uh, has the highest separation rate in the NFL right now. So he is, dude is getting open, uh, finally. And so uh, I, I would continue to roll with him. He's been super up and down. I mean, it's been two bad games and two good games, and that's very much like Amari Cooper, and it would be very much like him to not show up this week again. But um, I, I think I like the matchup, and I, I like the way that, that he's being used, and I like the um, the volume, and I like the way that uh, that – the, you know, the just general upward trajectory of the Raiders passing game. Jordy Nelson uh, has kind of settled in as a 52% slot receiver. Um, you know, doesn't quite have the big play ability as Amari Cooper, uh, but has been playing well enough to be a wide receiver three slash flex starter in this game. Jared Cook has been an absolute animal, um, you know, leads the team in – Virtually every receiving category uh, leads all NFL tight ends in receiving yards. And the Chargers, this was a significant loss that uh, I'm sure that people are not really going to even notice. Uh, but Kaiser White, the uh, Chargers starting weak side linebacker, fourth round rookie out of West Virginia, has been playing really, really well. And he was actually a safety at West Virginia, he had his knee scoped on Monday, uh, and he has been an awesome coverage linebacker, you know. So that is a significant concern for the Chargers' pass coverage against tight ends. And as he left last week's game, George Kittle just went nuts against the Chargers. (laughs) 
So um, really like the matchup, usage, everything about Jerry Cook. Breakout at age 31. Fun to see. In the backfield, Marshawn Lynch has been unbelievable. And he also lost a bunch of yards last week on technicalities. Uh, like the uh, officials, he should have had this 60-yard touchdown run, but the officials blew the play dead because, you know, they thought like people were piling up, but he was he was just in the process of breaking another tackle. I mean, Marshawn Lynch is, he looks like the beast mode of old. He's 130 rushing yards were his most since uh, the 2014 season in Seattle. Uh, the Chargers have been okay, not great against the run. They are getting back Corey legit this week, but Joey Bosa is not back. Uh, and Kaiser White certainly played a part in their run defense. Uh, I was glad to have gotten Marshawn Lynch in, on a lot of teams this year. Um, you know, and I, I entered the season certainly not fully confident that he was going to be an every week fantasy starter, but right now I'm considering him an RB one on the other side. Phillip Rivers should light up this Raiders defense. Raiders have given up the, they don't rush the passer at all. Okay. I mean, it's just squeaky clean pockets all day for quarterbacks against the Raiders. And what that does is it allows defenses to hurt them deep. And the Raiders have allowed the fourth most completions of 20 plus yards in the NFL and Philip Rivers, more than anything, dude loves to chuck it downfield. Um, I think that bodes well for Mike Williams, and I think it bodes well for Tyrell Williams. Those guys are not necessarily reliable fantasy starters, uh, but the matchup sets up well for them. Uh, and no Travis Benjamin, he will be out again with a foot injury. And so that kind of narrows uh, the playing time and the targets for this receiver core, and that. Bodes well for Tyrell and Mike. Um, Keenan Allen, I think, you know, as a guy who has finished below 70 yards and been held scoreless in three straight games, I mean, that's disappointing for a guy that we all drafted to be a wide receiver one. Uh, but I think that he can get it right back rolling in this game. Uh, the Raiders have been just getting clocked in the slot where they play Leon Hall, who is like, you know, 45. Uh, and Slot receivers have been crushing them on a weekly basis. And Keenan Allen is over – he's a 60% slot. Uh, and, and he also can go outside him and make big plays down the field. Uh, he is high in Josh Hermsmeyer's by low air yards model this week. Melvin Gordon has been fantastic. We're finally getting efficient Melvin Gordon, you know. Uh, over his first three years – he lived on volume, but and and he struggled with efficiency, and you know his yards per carry was poor. None of that is the case this year. He's getting the volume and the efficiency. That that is fireworks in fantasy football. The Raiders have of course been terrible against the run. Melvin Gordon, elite RB one play. Austin Eckler, I think can can get in on the on the mix here. You know, he's got double-digit touches in three of four games. And if you go back and look at the, the runs by Nick Chubb against the Raiders' defense and how freaking slow the Raiders' defense looks. Uh, Austin Eckler, four four two guy, I think he can exploit that. We can move on to the next one. 
The next one is a game I'm going to be at. The Vikings and the Eagles. Alshon Jeffrey. Wasn't expecting that in his first game back. Yeah, I wasn't even expecting him to play. But um, he's ready to roll. One thing to remember about these guys that you know don't aren't dealing with leg injuries, they can stay in shape. I mean, they can... They can, you know, they can get rolling real quick, and we saw that from Alshon Jeffrey. Immediately goes over 100 yards, had no more than 92 yards in any game last season. Uh, so, uh, but that, you know, that was a great game for him. He's going to be shadowed by Xavier Rhodes in this game. Now, these teams played in January, and the Vikings did not shadow Alshon Jeffrey with Xavier Rhodes in that game. Uh, but they did match up with they did match up three times uh, on targets, and Alshon Jeffrey caught all three for 27 yards. And Xavier Rhodes has not been great; he's not been his his usual self uh, this year. So, you know, I think that there is definitely some elevated concern, but uh, I think that Alshon Jeffrey should be started pretty confidently as a wide receiver too. I've seen it mentioned or written a few places that. Nelson Aguilar's production has slipped the last two weeks because he was playing outside more, and he struggles outside. But that's not not the case. Uh, he, he's he's actually played in the slot more the last two weeks than he did in the first two weeks. He um, was fifty five percent slot in weeks one and two, seventy percent the last two weeks. What happened in week wasn't that in week three. The uh, the Eagles went with this very, very tight end heavy game plan. Dallas Goddard had a monster game. Zach Ertz had a ton of targets. And uh, Nelson Aguilar only had five targets. What happened last week is that he got 12 targets, but he dropped three of them. And Carson Wentz missed them a couple times. So, you know, it, it's a game of inches, you know, and game plans can can, you know, mess things up and, you know, you can't be leaving opportunities on the table like Nelson Aguilar did. Hey, you know, he catches – he didn't have any drops in the first three games. If he catches all three of those balls that he dropped last week, you know, we're talking about six for 80 and no one's complaining about six for 80. He has double-digit targets in uh, all – or in three of the four games, and his matchup this week is soft against Mackenzie Alexander. You can ask Cooper Cup about that – you know, they, they can definitely use Nelson Aguilar the way that the Rams used uh, Cooper Cup. Get him matched up on linebackers. Get him get him running against Mackenzie Alexander. Um, you know, I, I'm sticking with Nelson Aguilar everywhere that I have him. Um, Zach Ertz, double digit targets in all four games. Um, his air yards are up since Carson Wentz uh, replaced Nick. Bowls. does not have a touchdown yet uh you know i think that the positive regression is absolutely coming he has seven red zone targets that is uh tied for um i'm sorry that is third in the nfl among tight ends i think he's going to get in the end zone uh this week the vikings have not been good at tight at uh covering tight ends their safeties especially harrison smith i i've been surprised at how often harrison smith has been getting beat and not always exploited for it either i mean uh, george kittle especially in that week one game uh, beat harrison smith numerous times and harrison smith was lucky that uh, either garoppolo overthrew kittle or 
Kittle dropped the pass. Dallas Goddard went from 67% of snaps in week three to 41% last week. Only two targets. You know, Alshon comes back. They're going to be able to play more three-receiver sets. And, um, you know, teams love to play three-receiver sets. I mean, that's they, that's their preference. As much as we would like to see a lot of Dallas Goddard, um, you know, it, it, it's not necessarily going to happen on a consistent basis. I'm sure that he's going to pop up for good games. He's a really good prospect. He's a really good player. But relying on him in fantasy is going to be difficult. Uh, as for the backfield, Jay Ajayi came back last week. You know, he played 63% of the snaps. 18 targets. Those are both season highs. His matchup is really difficult against the Vikings. Um, and we don't know if Corey Clement, is he going to be back? Is Darren Sproles going to be back? It's hard to say as we do this on uh, Wednesday on Wednesday morning. Uh, but I love the way that he looked. I mean, he looked fine, you know, coming off that uh, the fracture in his back. And I love how much he played. Uh, I think that that, that kind of stuff bodes well for the future. Uh, and then uh, Carson Wentz was the quarterback 13 last week. We have not seen him rip off any big runs yet. He did have a, a solid first down run in the first start. Uh, but other than that, we have not seen him ripping off big runs. Um, I think that he is a uh, uh, like a, a fringe quarterback one slash two who I would lean towards starting. Uh, because the Vikings' defense has not traveled well. 29 or more points allowed in four of their last five road games. On the Vikings' side, I think this is going to be a very, very pass-heavy game uh, because Dalvin Cook is still banged up, and they've been getting nothing from their running game whatsoever. So I think that Kirk Cousins is going to get a ton of volume. Uh, It's worth noting that because they are coming back from the long layoff or the, the especially long layoff um, because of that, after that Thursday night uh, shootout loss to the Rams, Rashad Hill, Riley Reef, Pat Elfline, all guys that have dealt with injuries, those guys should be a little bit healthier. You know, this is, you know, a lot of people complain about the Thursday night games. This is one of the positive aspects to the Thursday night games. And you've talked about it, Ross, uh, that they get those extra days. Uh, so that bodes well against uh, an Eagles defense that leads the NFL in quarterback hits. But I think that we're, it's going to be like a 50-pass attempt game for Kirk Cousins. And the way to attack the Eagles, of course, is with your wide receivers. The Vikings happen to have maybe the best uh, wide receiver duo in the NFL and Adam Thielen. And Stefan Diggs. Uh, Stefan Diggs had his best game of the season so far last week against the Rams. He runs the most routes at left corner. And we talked about it on, on part one. The Eagles left corner, Jalen Mills, has been getting rocked to the point where, you know, Jim Schwartz, the Eagles defensive coordinator, is starting to get asked, hey, you know, in, in, uh, in, in press conferences, hey, are you going to bench Jalen Mills? You know, it's, it's almost time. Um, but, you know, either way, uh, this is a great matchup for Stephon Diggs. Eagles are a little bit better in the slot, but 
Adam Thielen has 100 yards in four straight games to begin the season. Just just absurd. He's second in the NFL in receiving yards and catches. Uh, because of the elevated pass volume, you know, rolling pretty confidently with Kyle Rudolph, he is clearly behind Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen in the pecking order. 22 targets through four games, just a little over five per game. Uh, but, you know, dude can score touchdowns, and I love the elevated volume. Uh, Aldrick Robinson needs to start putting pressure on Laquan Treadwell for the Vikings' third receiver job. I'm not sure that that matters for us this week, but it is something to keep in mind. Aldrick Robinson played with Kirk Cousins in Washington. They know each other. I'm sure that Rick Spielman, you know, when he was looking at guys to guys to sign off the street, talked to Kirk and said, and Kirk was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely get Aldrick Robinson. We can move on to the next one. Next one, Arizona Cardinals at the San Francisco 49ers. C.J. Beathard was a lot better than I expected last week. Um, moved the offense uh, pretty consistently uh, from the outset of the game. Uh, dude is just tough as nails. That's the thing, though. He's got to be tough because I think he lacks like some sort of po- element of pocket awareness because the, the only quarterback that I have seen take more thunderous hitch, hits than C.J. Beathard is probably Robert Griffin III. Um, just does not have a, a knack for being able to avoid monster hits. And, and they got to him so bad last week that uh, they had to uh, insert Nick Mullins like for a play or two. Um, now this week, Weston Richburg, 49er starting center, and both the 49er starting tackles, Joe Staley and Mike McGlinchey, are considered questionable with knee injuries. I think that Richburg and McGlinchey will play. Staley, not less certain, uh, or I'm less certain about him. That's concerning against the Cardinals because the Cardinals' strength as a team, and, you know, that's you know, that's relative to everything else. They don't really have many strengths. But their strength as a team is, you know, Chandler Jones and guys that can rush the passer. They're top 12 in the NFL in hits and sacks. So um, C.J. Beathard, I think, is a two-quarterback league starter. Uh, but I did like what I saw from him last week, especially for the cause of George Kittle, because George Kittle did not produce with C.J. Beathard in the lineup last year. They had four starts together. George Kittle didn't do anything in any of them. Zero touchdowns, didn't go over 25 yards in any of them. So uh, this was promising to see him lead the team in targets, lead the team in air yards, you know, rip off an 82-yard touchdown. Uh, the, in fairness, you know, the, the Chargers just left him wide open on that uh, seam ball. Uh, but he, then he showed his athleticism by just outracing the entire Chargers secondary to the house. Remember, this guy had a better spark score than David Njoku, O.J. Howard, and Evan Ingram coming out in the 2017 draft class. He is a legit freak athlete, and you saw that showed up on that play. Pierre, you know, Marquise Goodwin hurt again, thigh and hamstring. Uh, you know, this has been the story of Marquise Goodwin's career. He's teased us at times, but uh, he's, he's hurt again. Pierre Garçon hasn't scored a touchdown since, like, 2012. Uh, 
Um, <laughs> you know, Trent Taylor and Kendrick Bourne don't really want anything to do with those guys. Cardinals, Josh Rosen was pressured on 50% of his dropbacks last week. Cardinals got to get some stuff fixed, man. You know, like they, they've got to get their, their protection schemes fixed. They got to figure something out. Um, but it, it, it is also true that Josh Rosen just was holding on to the ball a little bit longer. Uh, but he made some throws that we didn't see anything like, uh, like that from Sam Bradford in the first three weeks, fitting the balls into, into tight spots and into tight windows, uh, especially on a couple of catches to Ricky Seals Jones um, and Chad Williams. Chad Williams almost had two touchdowns, but the first one was overturned. I still think that after that game, uh, the only receiver that I would consider startable uh, on the Cardinals would be Larry Fitzgerald, who led the team in targets and uh, air yards. Uh, Christian Kirk had a good game in week three against the Bears and not so much last week. Um, and then Ricky Seals-Jones has the big playability. You know, it's it's definitely like in his toolbox to, to be able to have a good game. Uh, but... You know, we're, we're working off a very small number of completions here. I mean, Josh Rosen had 15 completions last week, 181, 180 yards. Not many pass catchers are going to be able to produce um, until he starts completing more passes and, and gaining more yards. Uh, David Johnson did come alive, 23 touches, over 100 total yards, scored a touchdown. You know, that's what we want to see from David Johnson. It wasn't an efficient outing. They're still pulling him on third downs uh, because they do not trust him in pass protection. Like, he, like they literally gave him, you know, they made him like the second highest paid running back in the NFL, and they're not playing him on third downs. Um, I, you know, I, I guess he's got to do his job better. You know, I, I can complain all I want. He's They're the coaches. They know. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's definitely frustrating from a fantasy standpoint that we are not getting the full Monty with David Johnson. Still, he had no catches until deep in the second half last week. We can move on to the next one. Let's get to the Rams who have just been unbelievable and the Seahawks who have found their running game, which is basically anybody other than Rashad Penny. It was Carson. Now it's Mike (laughs) Davis. Yeah, and I mean, they, they said that they're going to stick with the committee when Chris Carson comes back. So, good luck. Good luck to you, you know, trying to figure out that in fantasy. Um, Rams haven't been great in run defense, but I don't know. I mean, the I think the only way that someone is really trustworthy here is if Chris Carson is out again. Uh, he did miss week four with a hip injury. Then you could sort of trust Mike Davis. Uh, but even in that scenario, like, is there even any doubt that the Rams are just going to light this team up? I mean, that's what they did to them last year. That's what they've been doing to teams this year. And, uh, you know, I drafted Jared Goff in a high-stakes league before the season. And, you know, we're looking ahead to the schedules, and we're looking at, you know, oh, they, they get the, he's going to have the Vikings in week four. And I don't know, they have another tough matchup coming up. I thought the Seahawks might be all right. So we're going to have to start looking for streamers about about week four. Um, we, we haven't been looking for streamers. You know, we're, we're starting Jared Goff every damn week. Uh, 
and same with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks. And there's nothing to fear about the Seahawks secondary, really. I mean, I, I like Shaq Griffin as a player. Justin Coleman, I think, is a good player. Um, but, you know, these are not guys that we're, we're trying to really avoid from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, and plus the Rams have been moving their receivers all over the place. You know, they knew that Patrick Peterson uh, in week three was primarily going to be on one side. So they moved Brandon Cooks to the other side. You know, I mean, they're, they're a smart, rationally run NFL team. And that gives them an advantage uh, over their opponents. And, uh, you know, they're like, and it's also true that they're, they're like, distribution of targets is very narrow because the tight ends don't get anything and the fourth receiver doesn't get get anything and you know there is no number two running back really getting anything so it's Gurley, it's cup it's woods it's cooks and it's golf and you start them every week um russ wilson has not been running the ball and that is a huge detriment to his fantasy production. I, I was hoping that in the first three weeks it was going to be, uh, that was just a small sample uh, of him not running, but it is continued. And that is concerning. Uh, that puts him really toward the fringe of quarterback one slash twos. We did see Kirk cousins have a great game against this Rams secondary, uh, which is depleted. Uh, last week and I think that Russell Wilson is a fantasy starter but in terms of his upside you know we really cannot expect him to produce top five fantasy numbers when he isn't running it's a huge part of his game it's a huge part of his box score game Um, Doug Baldwin came back last week I thought looked fine and um, played a ton of snaps I mean I think he was uh, 80% of the snaps Uh, so He's a definite, definite lock in into fantasy lineups, guys. It's going to move Tyler Lockett outside, which actually gives him the best matchup. Nikel Roby Coleman is really good in the slot for the Rams, <clears throat> and the Rams are, are uh, missing Aqib Talib outside. Uh, so, but I think Tyler Lockett goes back to being a boomer bust, big play dependent wide receiver four whereas he was a wide receiver three bordering on wide receiver two when Dog Baldwin was out and Tyler Lockett was playing in the slot. Um, David Moore played ahead of Brandon Marshall last week. David Moore, uh, second-year guy out of East Central uh, in Oklahoma. Uh, never heard of that before, but uh, I, you know, he's, <laughs> he was a, a guy that was he's a, a, he has a top – 10 spark receiver in the 2017 draft. Good athlete. Made some awesome plays in the preseason. Um, And he is a guy that should be owned in all dynasty leagues. Uh, Will Disley out for the year. That leaves Nick Vanette as the Seahawks tight end. Uh, Mildly interested in him as a streamer. We can move on to the next one. Cowboys, Texans, what do you got in the Battle of Texas Sunday night? 
Yeah, Zeke Elliott dealing with an ankle sprain and bursitis in his knee. Fully expected to play, but this is a reminder, roster Rod Smith. Um, Rod Smith is actually, I think, a better receiver than Ezekiel Elliott. Um, of course, not quite as good of a, of a runner. I mean, there are only th- you know, three or four people on the planet uh, that, that can, can have that claim next to Zeke Elliott. But Rod Smith should be on, on rostered in every single fantasy league. Um, you know, if that can't get it done here uh, in fantasy, I, you know, it, it, this, this might be it. Um, the Texans have been getting just crushed by fantasy quarterback production. Uh, they woke up Andrew Luck last week. They lost Aaron Colvin, their best cornerback, uh, due to like or to like looks like a six-week ankle injury. Previously lost their starting left cornerback Kevin Johnson to injured reserve. Jonathan Joseph is old. Uh, They lost Andre Howell uh, earlier in the offseason due to cancer. they, you know, they, they are just very, very exploitable in the secondary. The Cowboys, of course, you know, if, if the Texans have the worst secondary or a bottom three secondary, the Cowboys certainly have a bottom three receiver core. Uh, but, you know, th- this, is a, this should be an opportunity for D- Dak to exploit it. I, I don't, I'm not trying to stream them. You know, I think that there are better streamers. Uh, but he is a two-quarterback league starter for sure this week. Still want no part of any of the Cowboys' pass catchers. Um, Deshaun Watson, three straight top ten fantasy performances at the quarterback position. I'm not sure Will Fuller is going to play. And if he does not play because he aggravated his hamstring injury, he does not play. That bodes well for Kiki Cutie out of Texas Tech. Um, reminded me of, of a, like on the um, Taylor Gabriel T.Y. Hilton spectrum coming out of college. Um, did a, most of his damage on short routes at Texas Tech, but also showed some ability to uh, uh, like pop the lid. And last week we saw him used primarily on short routes, uh, little pop passes manufactured touches. He was clearly a big part of the game plan even before uh, Will Fuller left. 15 targets. He's a fantasy starter. Now, the the Cowboys have a really good secondary. We've talked about this a lot. Um, But it's mostly because they are big and physical and athletic at outside cornerback with Chidobia Wuzie and Byron Jones. That doesn't necessarily apply to Kiki Cutie, who's 5'10", 180. He's going to be used in the slot. He's going to be used around the line of scrimmage. He's not going to be like you know matching up on one-on-one isolation routes against the Cowboys' boundary cornerback. So, Kiki Cutie. Either way, um, he's he's good to go. I think as a fantasy starter, I think he's a wide receiver three slash flex if Will Fuller plays, and he is a wide receiver borderline wide receiver two if Will Fuller does not play. Coming off the 15 target. NFL debut. DeAndre Hopkins is awesome. You know, the matchup is certainly no gimme. 
Um, but DeAndre Hopkins is better than it, you know, pretty much anyone that he faces every single week. So uh, start with confidence. Uh, Lamar Miller and Alfred Blue, this is starting to devolve into a, an even rotation. Um, and that's due to Lamar Miller's lack of effectiveness. Uh, but Alfred Blue should be rostered in all leagues at this point. This is still an explosive high-scoring offense. He profiles as a goal line slash short yardage back. Um, so he should be owned everywhere. Uh, and we can move on to the next one. Last game, it is Monday Night Football. I will be on the sideline as Drew Brees breaks the record for all-time passing yards in the NFL. It's the Redskins and the Saints, Evan. Yeah, that's right. I was uh, I was listening. Or I was driving home from um, from St. Louis on uh, on Monday Monday night, and I was listening to Westwood One and Kurt Warner and um, I can't remember the other guy's name, but uh, Kevin man, Harlan were, probably. Yes, Kevin Harlan. I'm I'm clueless. Yes, Kevin Harlan. And uh, they were like, yep, we're going to have Ross Tucker on the sideline next week. So I'll, I'll be listening. I will be listening. Um, Redskins, Saints. This is going to be a shootout, man. The, the Saints are – the Redskins are coming off an especially long layoff because they had their bye and now they're on the Monday night game. And they kind of needed that. Trent Williams was starting to get banged up. Um you know they they have and you know it's like a rest period for Chris Thompson and Jordan Reed. We have seen that Josh Doxson and Paul Richardson are going to do nothing. We anticipated that coming in the season. We we and, and that has come to fruition. Uh, but this sort of game, you know, facing, you know, it, it, there's a reason that the Superdome has been nicknamed the Coors Field of uh, the NFL, and that's because. When uh, people go to play there, they tend to get their uh, their numbers elevated. Uh, and so Alex Smith is like the number one streamer of the week. The Saints can't rush the passer at all. Um, we're still, you know, you could try to fire a dart at Doxson or, or Richardson, but I, I really don't have high hopes for either one of them. It's it's Jordan Reed. It's Chris Thompson. Um, and it's Jamison Crowder. Jamison Crowder, we finally saw him do some things in the week three game before the bye. Saints are going to continue to struggle against the slot after losing Patrick Robinson to injured reserve. The game is a little scary for Adrian Peterson. I know it is you know, a revenge game for him against uh, Sean Payton and the Saints, uh, who shipped him off uh, during, during last season. Uh, after he, you know, just was highly ineffective in their offense. But if the Saints jump out to a lead, uh, that is not going to, gonna, um, you know, that's going to benefit Chris Thompson, and that's not going to help uh, Adrian Peterson. And Adrian Peterson could get end up getting forced into a situation where he's, you know, barely on the field. He finishes with eight carries. I mean, he's a very, very boomer bust play this week. Uh, it's also possible that, hey, they come out and they try to use Adrian Peterson as much as they can because they want to try to keep Drew Brees off the field. You know, there are definitely different scenarios that we can come come up with. But at the end of the day, uh, 
I, I think he's a very, very volatile boom bust play. On the other side, you know, the Redskins' de- defense, uh, their defensive strength is against the pass. They above average pass rush. Um, their uh, and their defensive backs are average to above average, uh, but it's definitely nothing like to fear from the standpoint of Michael Thomas or Drew Brees. And, and Josh Norman never moves; he always plays left cornerback. Michael Thomas plays in the slot a bunch, plays on the left side a bunch. So we don't have to worry about that. Um, Alvin, so we're going to get back Mark Ingram. Uh, this is going to be his first game of the season after his suspension. I'm penciling him him in for nine to fourteen touches in this game. I think he's a low end RB two, decent or fairly strong flex option uh, in this game. He looked really good in the preseason, uh, so I like that about him. But I still think this can be Alvin Kamara's backfield, and I think it's going to be, you know, we can, we started to see that, see the Saints try to transition to that. As last year progressed, uh, they used Alvin Kamara more in the goal, Mara, more on the goal line down the stretch. He was getting more snaps, he was getting more touches. Uh, so I think it's going to be, you know, like uh, um, when when everything uh, reach, reaches like. Uh, when, when everything's firing firing on all cylinders, it's going to be like a 17 to 12 uh, weekly split between these guys, if not more, if not like 19 to 10. Uh, but I think that that's the, the split that I am anticipating. Ted Ginn uh, has been super productive uh, in home games uh, since joining the Saints, so he is an intriguing dart throw in a potential or in a likely shootout. Uh, but, you know, past Michael Thomas, past Alvin Kamara, and, and, you know, to a much lesser extent, Mark Ingram, it's really just a mishmash of dudes. You know, it's Ben Watson. It is Cameron Meredith. It is Traquan Smith. It is Ted Ginn. And, you know, trying to figure out those guys on a weekly basis is going to be hard. They're, they're all – you know, interesting to think about, uh, especially when they're playing at the Superdome, because because of the elevated scoring, uh, the elevated yards in that environment. Uh, but they're you know they're they're going to be difficult to have concrete forecasts about on a week to week basis. Terrific work as always, Evan. You are a stud and. Anybody can take the information you give and say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to betonline.ag. I'm going to use the code podcast one, and I'm going to take some of the information that I just gleaned from Evan Silva on the Fantasy Feast podcast, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to place a wager, and I'm going to do it with somebody else's money. Because when you use the code podcast one at betonline.ag, you get a 50% sign-up bonus. So whether it's prop bets based on what player props, based on what Evan says for fantasy purposes this week, or you just like to bet the games, college football, NFL, or you're big into the fights, Conor McGregor fights Saturday night at T-Mobile Arena against, I have no idea, Nurmagomedov. I don't know how to say that dude's name. I'm not a huge UFC guy. I like it. I just can't stay up that late, typically. Anyway. If you want to bet the fight, 
That makes fights more interesting, by the way, or NFL. It's betonline.ag, and it's the code PODCAST1, the exclusive podcast, the exclusive partners of Podcast One Sportsnet. By the way, you can exclusively get the second word, or I guess at this point it's the third word that we're giving out, and it's very simple. The word is yeah. That's it. Just the word yeah. Y-E-A-H. Yeah. That's the word for the Madden phrase that pays. For those of you that are looking to try to get this week's free Madden, you can hear the other words on the College Draft, on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, and on the Even Money Podcast. You send me the phrase that pays this week, I'll pick you, one of you, to win this week's free Madden. Apple rankings always huge. And if you do nothing else and just buy your Amazon stuff through the link or through the banner ad on the homepage, that's gigantic for us and no skin off your back. Other than that, totally stuffed from two meaty episodes. I think we're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.